All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor, and my co-host, Jaden. <laughs> and our producer, McKinnon, here. What's up? And then uh, former guest, Calvin, as thanks, always. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Forever. You're never going away. Yeah. All right, and we are talking about Lighthouse tonight. We've been, I think, we mention it in like every podcast we've done so far, because we, we just kind of have one person gone, or you know, we haven't gotten around to like getting the whole crew for it. But we finally do, and I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, those few that have been with us, listening to us tease the, this the, the faithful for, for yeah, months, the faithful fans, <laughs> those veterans. Yeah, we keep talking about it. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited to talk about this. There's, yeah, me too. There's a, there's I think varied opinions in this room right now, and so I think it'll be fun to. Don't yeah. worry, to I'll, con- I'll convert it. you all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I disagree with you, <laughs> right away. I I agree. I don't know what the opinion is yet, but I, I already so. agree. So I think we, real quick. We wanted to get Jaden's like kind of first impression of this. Um, so like I mean, right off the bat, I did not want to watch this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> it's in black and white. And this is fucking 2021. We don't need to be doing that. But uh, I mean, first watching it, I actually thought it was cool. It was like a puzzle trying to figure it out, and then I watched it again. It's like you know, if you ever sit down and do a fucking frustrating puzzle and you finally finish it, and then like you don't ever want to do that again. And that's like the way I felt watching it the second time. That's great because yeah. what's 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 even better is you probably like you didn't even do the puzzle right. No, fuck no, <laughs> that's for sure. I was definitely jabbing pieces in where they did not belong. But I was like, it's done, so I was over with it. I put all of the pieces I could find <laughs> on the board. I cut the edges, dude, for sure. I like that analogy a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a puzzle. I did it wrong, but I got through it. <laughs> I like that a lot. Proudly display it on my wall. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I am just stoked to be talking about something that isn't avatar um yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's just gotta get brought up it just has to yeah. happen yeah. and especially a film like this that is so such a great narrative so well acted so well designed and with such deep mythology and symbolism there's just so much to talk about and i am so excited i love 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 this film and so i i do want to know like this was when we when we brought this up i wasn't sure how I kind of thought oh, I was pushing the boundaries. Like, well, let's see how far I can push what I can get on this show to talk about if these guys <laughs> be interested in seeing a film like this. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited to hear what, what y'all thought about it. Y'all. Yeah, so I I think the idea of, like, black and white is kind of gimmicky now. And so I, I – and I knew this movie when it came out, and it was getting nominated for all kinds of awards. So I knew it was, like, a good movie. But I was like, I don't, like, really want to watch this because it seems like – it seems like kind of pretentious artsy because it's like it filmed in like a you know a smaller aspect ratio and it's black and white and I was like ugh, like but after watching it it's like the uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are so good in it that I was like you know it doesn't the really matter. The acting is fantastic. No. Yeah. And so all the kind of like really pretentious stuff that I thought of the movie right off the bat I was like it's okay because it it serves like the movie it serves to like get these actors together and they are really good in it mm-hmm. and so I mean. If anything, I I just like the movie because they just like they are really good together at like driving the story. Yeah. And so that's what I liked most about the movie. I don't I mean after watching it, it, it really lends itself to being black and white. Like this movie I think would kind of suck if it was in color now. And I think it would kind of suck if it was like widescreen. Yeah. Uh just the tone they have for it uh wouldn't make sense. Um Yeah, it's funny to, it's funny that like it's easy to assume that it, a color movie would just be better by default because that's all we see mm-hmm. nowadays. But it is interesting that, like, if it was in color, it would probably suffer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I know Zack Snyder, when the Snyder cut of Batman or uh, 
Justice League was coming out. By the internet, though, too. Yeah. yeah. He was like, he was like, yeah, I want to I wanna change the aspect ratio, and I want it to be in black and white. And uh, Warner Brothers was like, no, that's crazy. Because that movie does not lend itself to being black and white at all. Like, uh, this movie worked in black and white, I think, because they all the film techniques and everything, they tried to shoot it like it was like that period anyways. I think it's it gets really pretentious when you're like, oh, I'm going to throw a black and white filter on my movie and everyone's going to think I'm like an artsy director now. Which <laughs> is like which a is White Girl's Instagram page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like that's that's what I thought this movie was going to be like. It's like, oh, like look at me so avant-garde with my black and white. And it's it, and a lot more went into that in this movie than I was expecting, like uh, how they filmed it in black and white, where I thought it was more of like, it was just going to be like a filter they put on it. And I was like, Ugh, pretentious. But yeah. this movie, it lent itself to being black and white, which is the thing I was most worried about. But it was really good. I liked the movie a lot because of the performances mostly. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this movie too. It was – I definitely get what Jaden was saying about how it's like a like a puzzle. I definitely don't think I solved this puzzle. I had to we, – we've all watched this multiple times now. And, yeah, I definitely don't feel any closer to solving it. But I have a lot of questions and it made me think which is not a typical movie experience for me. So mm. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, think I don't that's... know if I would watch it like once a year, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's ironic you saying that. Like, I, you're, like you're Mr. Puzzle Man over there sitting with your Rubik's Cube. <laughs> it's like literally <laughs> fucking like, funky shape. literally next to him right now. He has yeah. a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And he's like, I up. didn't. Yeah, it was a puzzle. And, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like I your like, favorite thing to do is solving puzzles. <laughs> I like that. It made me think. So we've. We've been reading articles and interviews and all kinds of stuff, and it's it's very obvious that they were intentional with a lot of stuff in the movie. And yeah. you can watch Avatar or Transformers, and you get the clear impression that they're not intentional with deeper meanings and stuff. And I think that's really cool to deep it to dive into those. Yeah, and like what's that. what's really interesting to talk um, when you were talking about it being in color, that was actually a question that came up by the um, financiers um, in pre-production. Can we put this on? color film and then color correct it to black and white so that we can have we can um sell it better as color in other markets and they're like no we using to get the look that we want it has to be in black and white shot that way yeah we can't it was, correct it anything they're saying it's like it'd be like this weird bastardized version of the movie being available it's yeah. like so it was designed to be in black and white and then but they're somewhere in like south africa there's like this color version of it and it would just like ruin the kind of what they're going for with the movie in general. Yeah. Like, if you know that there's some other version of it that's, like, not the vision for the film at all, like, it takes away from what was meant to be. Yeah, like, in the South Africa version, like, Robert yeah. Pattinson is dressed up as Mario, and you're just you're just totally taken yeah, way yeah. out of it. Like, I don't know if anyone's seen the meme picture of uh, of Robert Pattinson. It's hilarious. If yeah, you're watching like, this on YouTube, I can put it up. Yeah. I can put it, I can put yeah. it up in the little side there. It'll be a pin <laughs> message. It'll, it'll, it'll yeah. pop up right now. Ding! Perfect. I can't, I can't wait to yeah. And, and now it's going away. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, that's actually color clear. He was actually dressed in like grays and blacks that would be specific to that time period. But what I wanted to talk about was this shoot in general. Was so they went in with all of their shots storyboarded, very meticulously designed. So this ended up only being a 34-day shoot. Uh, they shot it in 2018. Um, principal started in April. Um, in Nova Scotia, Canada, they shot most of it on this little outcropping where they built all of the buildings. All, everything yeah. was like they, they basically just built a scaffold and then wrapped um, uh, basically like, like a sh thin sheet that looked like brick for the lighthouse and all of the other houses were. Oh, were I didn't built. know that. I yeah. thought they were real 
places. They look real. They, I mean, they, they are meant to look real, yeah. but, like, the, the, so. the locals actually wanted to keep the lighthouse, but it wasn't safe, like, to actually, like, keep it there. Like, per code, it wasn't built oh, really? to the standards okay. that they – so they had to tear everything down. But all of those buildings there were made specifically for the film, and then everything else was shot on sound stages in Halifax. Cool. Okay. Like, I did know – I thought it was – when I read the, like 35 day filming, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's so fast. Like, that seems like you, you hear about these movies, you know, that with all the, like the kind of post-production stuff, it takes forever for these movies to come out. And I was shocked at how fast this was, especially when they talk about like all the weather they have to deal with, like during filming. Cause like a lot of this is filmed in like real weather. Yeah. But and yeah. So it's a, and like they have equipment breaking all the time. And so to like get through it in 35 days, I think was really cool. Like yeah. I was fascinated to find out it was that fast. Yeah, like they had uh, that one scene where they have Robert Pattinson walk out into the ocean. The lens kept fogging up. They shot that scene like 25 times. <laughs> <laughs> and what they yeah. did is they actually had like um, a boom crane have the camera out over the water. Um, and then they lit it with, um, oh, what was it, two, uh, just two Air Maxes. It doesn't say what, what waters they were, but they were uh, 500 feet across the bay. That was the moonlight yeah. that you saw in the shot. Um and and that's why it looks a little a little eerie. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a little bit um, artificial. But yeah, that walking out and using the cameras that they did, they cobbled together three different cameras from like 1910 and 1920s. Yeah, um, yeah. To try and use this this film um, and just a bunch of old vintage lenses. You mentioned the lighting. Uh huh. So I know that the because they actually film black and white, and like you said, it's not like a filter. So like everything would have been underexposed, especially, like, at night. So they had to, like, really overlight everything. I was reading an article. It's, like, the, like uh, all the staff and, like, all the, everyone on set were, like, wearing, like, sunglasses at night because it was so, like, brightly lit. That yeah. way it would, th- that way the... <laughs> Dude, we're going to get taken off YouTube. <laughs> we I was, it was we mumbly, didn't, dude. We didn't, we didn't license that song. <laughs> um, but I thought that was, like, crazy. It's, like, because they had to make sure it was exposed correctly, and it's, like, it was, like, lit up like it was daytime for night scenes. I thought that was, like, crazy. Yeah, and so what they – they would have done that um, regardless. Uh, they would have had to bring in a lot of light for, for any film shoot. Um, the reason they had to do so much more for this was, A – they were using an orthochromatic filter rather than shooting on orthochromatic film, which is orthochromatic film is not um, sensitive to all wavelengths of light. Older film stock was sensitive uh, mainly to blues and greens and um, reds uh, were just registered as black. And that's also why you see a lot of dark rooms are lit with red light. Because Isn't that why uh, like an I Love Lucy and stuff, they would wear like blue lipstick because the black and white film wouldn't pick up. It would look like they were wearing black lipstick yeah, if they wore red lipstick. Like I think all that's of crazy. Yeah. yeah, and all of it. Like the, the reason why old Hollywood is like pancake makeup is because they didn't like how their faces, you know, looked so so mm-hmm. rugged. Like the reason they chose orthochromatic film is because reds and rosy, you know, basically like on Caucasian faces with like pinks, they'll just turn black. So you see like every single little pore, and so they they use that as a for. Um, to be true to the period that the film would have been, like the film that would have been available in like 1890, um, but also to create this aesthetic of this weary, worn down, rugged 
seamen like at sea like uh, completely yeah, yeah, well don't don't <laughs> wait for someone to say that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into Jung in 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 a couple parts later um but yeah it's it's interesting how it worked both ways it, it helped their aesthetic and it also was true to the time period but i think it was cool like reading more about like the the kind of camera or, or the film or it's like it talked about how it picked up blue like best and mm-hmm. it's weird to think of a black and white film like how it reacts to color because you just you just go into it thinking like, oh, it's just black and white. You don't really yep. think of how it, how it's gonna react to certain colors or whatever. And so like that was, kind of doing more research on it. it was cool to like figure out like, oh, this is it. You have to take into account like what the actual people are wearing, what they look like, because it will look strange or different when it's filmed. And I think you don't mm-hmm. think about that with black and white. You're like, ah, oh, it's black and white. Who cares? Yeah, I actually thought that they did it black and white because they couldn't afford color. So like maybe the budget oh, was no, lower. Man. Oh no, <laughs> That's it's it. it's not it's not that, that much different in cost. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually looked up the cost for a uh, thousand feet of fifty two twenty two was like eight hundred dollars. How much time can you record on a thousand feet of film? Twelve minutes. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that's yeah. just the film. It's amazing stock. that you just know that. <laughs> oh yeah, well I looked it up because that was something I needed to know in school. Like right. if I if I uh, wanted a hundred feet of sixteen, um, it was like eighty bucks for a hundred feet, and which is seven minutes. So it, it, if you were going to shoot, we we shot a lot of film in in school. That was that was what was interesting about CU is we worked with a lot of film rather than digital. Um, you needed to have everything really planned out beforehand, which is why this film really resonates with me is you needed to know because you were going to shoot so much more film and just waste money because you had to buy the film for 80 bucks and then get it developed for like another 80. So for seven minutes of film and you're making a five minute short, you needed to, you either needed to buy two rolls and, um, and shoot coverage for everything. You know, you're looking at $300 like, yeah, that's a project, and in that includes school. like like reshoots and stuff like that potentially, right? Yeah, but that's the thing is like you didn't have time for reshoots. We had to sh- we could shoot on weekends. We had to we had to uh, reserve all of the equipment. Yeah, yeah. And the, the only time you ha- you could get everyone together was on the weekends, and then you shot the film, and then you sent it out to process for a week, mm-hmm. and then you came back and then you edited it. And if you didn't, if it didn't turn out the way you were, or you have a different idea now, you've wasted like a week and a half of production, and you're, you 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 started like a, a project would normally take like um, you know three weeks, you know. Yeah. Like that's that's an assignment t- typical yeah. assignment type length in um in a lot of these classes. So that's yeah. So that's why you know I know that and wanted to see <laughs> like how expensive yeah. it was. And, like speaking of the like it being developed, I was reading that. So, like, they would usually get, like, dailies back, and so, like, the director will go over them and figure out what he likes, mm-hmm. what he doesn't like, and they were talking about they had to ship the film to, like, uh, somewhere in California to have yeah. it developed, and so they weren't really dailies. You, he, they'd get them back, like, a week later, and yeah. that's what still, like, it's a kind of astounding to me that they filmed this in 35 days because you wouldn't really know how a scene looked until a week later, and what if it's all wrong? And yeah. And like, you're like, crap, well, we have to redo this, and so it's like, that's why it's crazy to me this is 35 days, and... They're doing this all with old equipment, and it, you know you you don't get to just go back and like look at it with like digital film, or, like you know like when it's done digitally, you can't just go back and be like, oh well, we'll re- redo this because I don't like it. It's like you you didn't know until a week later. <laughs> like that's crazy to me. Yeah, and th- there was another place that would develop this film in Toronto, I want to say, but they didn't have quite the quality standards that the place in California did. Yeah, fuck Canada. And it was, um, I mean, that's where they shot it, so <laughs> I don't really think that's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but um. 
they sent it to California was a lot way more expensive. But yeah, they would upload the digitals and then send them to the, the directors, and then they'd also have to wait for the the 4K uploads, um, and then go from there, like to see like as close as possible what the what the stills would look like. Right. But what was like, and I forgot, you know, we were talking about like why this film was lit the way it needed to be was because um, although they weren't using orthochromatic film, they were going for that look. So they had a filter, an orthochromatic filter that would um, that would mimic that that film stock back in the day because orthochromatic film isn't isn't available anymore. So the filter actually reduced the amount of light coming through. So they needed they needed so much more light. Like yeah, like talking about how they couldn't even see each other, uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Like when you have those just those uh those lanterns sitting on the table that's that's an 8k watt like yeah uh, i saw yeah, halogen like, bulb like, or 800, 800, sorry, 800, 800, 800 watt, yeah yeah an 800 watt halogen bulb just sitting on a table between two people that can't so see bright, each other yeah. <laughs> um the only and, and the the other thing that was really cool like not only was everything made for the film but so was the lens yeah i, I want to talk there's this uh the opening shot is it's like a shot on the island that they're going to, and it's kind of, like, blurry in the edges, you know? And it's shot with a, a Petzval lens, is what I found, mm. which is it was created in, like, a, like, 1870 is when it was first developed. So they, they didn't use an actual, like, one that was made back then. They recreated it. But that's why it kind of has, like, that blurry look on it. That's what the, that's why I, like, appreciate this movie being a black and white because everything done in it was, like, done to the period. So it looks real. Like, it looks like it, looks like it came out in you know, a long time ago. It doesn't look like a movie that came out just a couple years ago. Yeah. Even the film stock. It's uh, very authentic. Yeah, that's, what yeah. that's the word I was searching for. It feels, yeah. like, feels authentic. Yeah, definitely. And 5222, double X 5222, the film stock that they used, it's the same film stock that it's been chemically since 1950. Oh, that's nutty. Yeah. So that's, they, they got, you know, I mean, what is it? That's halfway to 1890 from, from now, right? Or yeah. I guess that's actually like, it's closer to 1890 than it is 2020. Yeah, using a film from 1950. Um, but yeah, that, so that lens was made specifically um, for the film by authentic um, uh, the, the, the people in charge of like making those those yeah. lenses, and like it was like 250 thousand dollars. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So this that's that's a lot because this movie had a budget of four million, mm-hmm. which is is interesting. That's a so he did The Witch before this. Yeah, which is the same budget. Uh, but yeah, for was th- it? Yeah, that's when I. That's so strange because they definitely shot. That's what my research. That's what I concluded. They but. shot on an Aerimax because, um, or an Aeroflex because for budget constraints. Whereas on this one, they used film. So that's so strange that it was actually the same budget there. Okay, because well, they, I mean, well now you got me nervous that I looked up the wrong thing or something. <laughs> I usually I like because I I say this every time I like looking at the stats for these movies and so. Uh, yeah, when I was looking, it said it. I found the same budget. They were both four million, but I know at least this one, the uh, lighthouse was four million. So to spend two hundred thousand on just a lens is yeah. like that's a huge portion of your budget. Not only a lens, but a working lens. Yeah, that thing was um, rated as six uh, K wattage. It, <laughs> it's not. It wasn't deemed safe to actually film in front of it because it was so hot. Wow. The only time that they did it, um, because the only way it worked was the, the scene where um, Robert Pattinson is below him and Willem Dafoe is, you know, naked above. And I have Oh, this gross. Yeah. yeah, okay, I've been, I want to talk about it. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I, I just want to talk about the this quote from the, uh, 
from the DP. Um, he's like, there's Willem with a sock on his genitals, slathered in sun ocean on a freezing night in front of a Fresno lens <laughs> and a lighthouse made of freaking scaffolding. <laughs> there's definitely some unusual stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's so cool that like, because you don't like know that when you watch this movie, you're just like, oh, I mean, you, you're just sitting there watching a movie, and then when you realize all this stuff that goes into it, like I, I didn't realize like how the lighting and the lenses needed to, needed to be in order for them to like put this on film the way they wanted it. Oh yeah. And you don't like realize all this behind the scenes stuff that takes place. You just watch it, and you're just like, okay, like. It was like a, it was like with Under the Skin, the the deformed guy who was walking naked in the field at two in the morning or whatever. Yeah. They had yeah. to like shoot he that. He talks about he's like, like freezing. It's freezing. <laughs> yeah, you don't think about that stuff. You're just yeah. watching the movie. You have no kind of concept of. Well, like what the weather is or anything like yeah. that, or you know, you just watch it and you're like, okay, this just makes sense for the narrative or whatever. You don't realize all the behind the scenes stuff. And yeah, that, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, and so another really cool product of shooting with these lenses is they ended up shooting in uh, a shot rate, um, a ratio of 1.19 to one, which is almost square. And the reason that it was 119 to one is because back in the day, you're on a film strip, you had the uh, the sound as well. So that was picked up magnetically and run at the same time as the film. So that little strip on the side actually squeezed the frame so it wasn't, um, oh, I can't remember what, what it would have been something more like, not even like like 1.43, like just think about 1.43. Um, that, that side is now being taken up by the sound strip and squeezing it. So part of the reasons they did that um, for period accuracy, but they also did it because they were shooting so many shots that were up and down. They were shooting the lighthouse, so it was very vertical. And so not only was, you know, it's a little bit wider than it is tall, but when you shoot with um, a lens, because of, the, uh, because of the optics of how a lens works, it's actually larger, taller, you know, than what the frame would look like. Yeah, I was, because I looked that up too. It's like the 1.19 to, to 1 ratio. And I was like, just make it a square. But I, because I, I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't just make it one to one. But now that yeah. you bring that up, that makes more they sense. They didn't to think me. they could get away with it. That was part of it. They didn't think that that, like, it would be financially viable um, that people would want to see a film that was completely square. It, Do you think that makes a huge difference? I don't think it matters at yeah. all. I think it makes some because it, it wasn't until like a ways through the movie I that I like kind of noticed. I was like, oh, it's like I not. It's right not one to one. I like, noticed immediately oh. that it was not. Do you think like it being? I literally don't pay attention to that shit yeah. ever when I watch. I wonder if, but it's subconsciously you do notice. Yeah, yeah I don't think I do. That's I, the thing. You guys were just out. I thought it was like a normal movie. Interesting. Until okay. You just brought this up, so. Yeah, I don't know that I would have made a difference to me if it was one to one. But I'm just saying it's like it's because I, I was wondering it's like why 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 make it just slightly different? But if they're some bigwig thinks it's financially better to film in that way, then go for it. Right. I'm just saying I don't think I would have cared either way. Yeah. Well, they had to save money somehow, so they saved money on black and white. They saved money on <laughs> yeah. the aspect ratio. They did not save money on black. <laughs> <and white. laughs> I don't know why I keep saying that. Well, like, yeah, the, the color cost extra. <laughs> And so with the aspect ratio that they were using, because because it was such a, a small frame, they they storyboarded everything um, for the cinematography as thinking of, of portraits. And one of my favorite shots is, is generally the, the thumbnail that you see everywhere. It's both of them, both Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, staring off at the tender at the beginning of the film. And they're both staring right at the camera, but 
not doing anything, not saying anything. And that's, ah, I just, I love that shot. We're going to go against the grain and not use that in the thumbnail, I think. We'll find yeah. something else. Yeah. yeah. We're just, we're going to fill it yeah. full of dicks. Can we use the mermaid's, uh... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be dicks and vaginas. Like that's <laughs> that's the thumbnail because that's all this movie is about. We're gonna put like big sensor bars over it, and then people will see it and be like, "Whoa, what is this about?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they're actually gonna watch it and like, "This was bullshit." Yeah, yeah. not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm in Swedish. She was a mermaid, dude. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so there's all of the way that they framed everything then when was, was around this idea of claustrophobia being trapped inside by using the edges of the frames to keep them close and in proximity with each other. So that's that, neat. Yeah, so yeah. that you're creating a lot of visual tension by putting them in uncomfortable positions that people wouldn't normally be at. Yeah, like they, they sit like around watching like this movie makes you feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching this movie. You're in the aspect ratio yeah. yourself. Yeah, you're isolated you're, yeah, from you're, everything. You're feeling it. Because that, no, I get what you're saying. Because there's a lot of scenes where they're like having dinner together, and they're like the table's tiny. They're like really close. And then there's a lot of scenes where like they're like they're really close, like they're cuddled up together. Yeah. And you're like, uh, yeah, it does. It's everything is like pushed like way in for this movie for sure. And obviously that's why they picked that aspect ratio. But those, cause that's what I'm saying. It's like. That's why I think it lends itself to this movie because if this is widescreen and you just put them really close to each other and there's all this like dead space in the in the shot, it doesn't look as good. Yeah, or it says something completely different. What it says is, you know, why are they so unnaturally close to each other, and yet there's all of this big space? It's it's a completely different tone with right. what they're what they're trying to aim for. Like, it, the the frame actually uh, reflects the idea of being trapped alone on an island. Like, they're these are the bounds. They're very small and there's nowhere to go. Versus like here's two men very close to each other and you can go anywhere. So why are they, it's, it's a more confusing type of, uh, uh, a visual trick that the mind is playing on you. Why, why are they doing that? You're, you're asking different questions and coming to different conclusions because of that. Right. So Jaden, you didn't notice the aspect ratio difference. No, I did not. Do you think that you would have, if it was widescreen, do, do you think it would have been a different feeling scene when they're sitting at the table if it was widescreen and it didn't feel as like claustrophobic, do you think you would have noticed at all? I mean, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much, yeah. But I still don't think I would have pinpointed the problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I yeah. definitely went back and, yeah. especially the second time watching this, I thought a lot about like what would this look like in color? What would it look like widescreen? Mm. And every scene in my head, I'm just like, this would suck. Like if it it's was, interesting, it was yeah. And and I guess I would have to really see a version of this film done that way to like really critique it because I'm just doing it in my mind's eye. But I think that the that's what I'm saying. It's like at first I was like, "This is a pretentious movie," because they did it in black and white. Because they they do a, a fun, funky aspect ratio, like old timing and everything. And I was like, "Ugh!" It's like rolling my eyes. And that's, then yeah, but, that's what I thought. But too. then like rewatching <laughs> it, I was like, "Okay, no, like it it totally works." To, yeah. to me, I think it totally works. Yeah, and old timey, like that's like that's how he designs everything. Like he he doesn't like the idea of world building because he he uh, Eggers. Um, Robert Eggers, the director, stresses out of the anxiety of creating a, co a coherent world that breaks from the norm, like he was mentioning in, con in contrast to himself, uh, Guillermo del Toro, um, how he created um, a fictionalized uh, environment in the Spanish Revolution. Uh, for like um, Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, for yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, it's that's, not. It's in Spanish, right? It's oh, I it's, love it. It's actually uh, we we 
Is that that movie's that's the one that's in that's Spanish, right? Spanish. Yeah, it's yeah, that Spanish. movie fucking sucks. It's, no, I like it a lot. It's, oh it's, it's not very good. We can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, okay, we can, we can do that. But yeah, so he so his idea is he wants to be very historically accurate, and so that's why the the accents that both of them talk with are they're really good. Yeah, they're really and they're what they what they did is they actually um, drew on some journals that uh, a writer in like eighteen in like the 1860s she did interviews with um farmers and sailors at the time and actually wrote in the vernacular um so that they could pull from that like so robert pattinson's accent is based very specifically on uh, a main farmer in like 18 in the 1860s and willem dafoe's um dialogue is based on sailor jargon of the time yeah captain crunch it's captain crunch yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know his full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, look what? it up. Oh my God, yeah. that's I one really of my <laughs> that's one of my trivia facts. I just keep in my pocket. All right, if it's true, you you put that in the thumbnail. Okay, <laughs> well, fun fact. Um, uh, yeah. So, oh crap, it's right. It's Horatio Magellan Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to, we were talking about the accents and we had mentioned when we did our avatar commentary that it sounds like, it sounds like they were just told to be like vaguely Native American. Uh, like that's how the accents sound like. And then I watched Lighthouse and I'm like, you can tell there's so much effort put into how these accents sound and they have to be, they have to be just so. And it, uh, it's like important to these characters because like they come from like these different backgrounds and if they just sound the same. It would it wouldn't make any sense, and so I you can just tell there's a lot of a lot of effort put into it was really how they sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a detail like done very much on purpose. Yeah. yeah, for a moment I actually thought you were talking about Defoe and Pattinson as coming from ba- different backgrounds because they they do like in terms of uh, acting traditions. Um, Defoe comes from uh, theater, and Pattinson um, doesn't. So Defoe loves rehearsing and would just over and over and over. Pattinson hates it. Yeah, with a passion. So they were they met with uh, Eggers. Mm-hmm. He wanted to rehearse for like a couple weeks, and Pattinson was like, "No, hates it. Didn't yeah. want to do it at all." Yeah, apparently there's some issues with the the new Batman film. Really? That. Yeah, him and apparently mm-hmm. he's got some problems with some opioids. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, but man. I just know that he was saying he was like, "Well, okay, I, if I do a rehearsal and I like something I did, he's like, all I'm going to be focused on is." if I can do it again when it's the actual take and he was like it stresses me out too much like I want to be able to just go into it like kind of as, as as blind as you can and then just like give my performance which I get but yeah I did think that was interesting and so they kind of toned down the rehearsal but yeah, yeah. I know Defoe was like no like let's rehearse it I'm, I'm all about this and yeah they do yeah I guess I was talking about they the characters come from different backgrounds mm-hmm. but yeah they definitely are two different like acting styles I read it I oh, this is so gross Robert Pattinson would like to get himself in the mood for a scene. He would like stick his fingers down his throat and like just like to I don't know become make, more intense. Yeah, or something make, like make that. himself gag. He would retch. Like he yeah. he said he was like like drunk eighty percent of the shoot. Something yeah. some crazy number what like that. Was he really? Yeah, like he was. Oh, I didn't know that. He was literally drinking like all of those. Um, like as he got progressively and more crazy throughout yeah, the yeah. film, was he was just drinking like the whole time. I didn't know that. I yeah, I, I kind of wondered. Because it was so good. There was some actual influence there. But, but yeah, there's a part where, like, Willem Dafoe and 
Robert Pattinson are like kind of cuddled up. They're like holding each other. And before the scene, Robert Pattinson's like sticking his fingers down his throat, and Willem Dafoe's like, "Don't you fucking puke on me!" Like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, he's like looking, looking at Robert Eggers. He's like, "Help me!" Yeah, like, like, I can't do that. Are you kidding me with this guy? And uh, I don't know. I think actors are weird a lot. Like, don't just be a person. But, but it yeah, is, it is interesting them. to just like, yeah, how different both those actors were like approaching these roles. I thought it was kind of a neat little tidbit. For yeah, sure. I did like that. Um, and what another thing I really liked about this is in conjunction with the, the portraiture idea of how they were shooting everything, is you have a lot of uh, painting influences that um, inspired certain shots and certain motifs in general, like the, 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 the Proteus design of Willem Dafoe when he's you know dressed, uh, when he's got his, um, he reveals himself to Robert, pa- uh, um, to Robert Pattinson's character where he's got um, the shells and the crabs and all of the tentacles. It's based on... Um, uh, an engraving by Albert Durer called the uh, Sea Monster, and that's how they got the the Proteus design oh, for right. him. That's yeah, cool. and um, and I think the most obvious one is you, I, I, it looked like a painting. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you if everyone immediately knows what scene I'm talking about is that one where Willem Dafoe is naked and the light is beaming that's out of his. That's exactly eyes. what I was hoping you were yeah. going to say. Oh, yeah, the, the dream. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's actually taken from uh, a painting co- by Sasha Snyder called Hypnos. Um, and it's interesting in the in the painting, th- who's clothed and who isn't is actually switched. Um, so the man, the the boy is naked and being entranced by this gaze of this fully clothed, like I mean, he almost looks like a like a monk with uh, with all of his robes and long beard. Um, but it's very, it's very like uh, androerotic. Um, it sounds uh, very pedophilic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's and it's un- interesting how they how they changed that for this film, but still took um, aesthetic inspiration from and it. Willem Dafoe looks great in that scene. I don't know if he worked out for this. So I was like, hey, he's like a little yeah. for it. He does yoga every yeah, day. I think like, he's just in shape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, just expecting flabby old man, and I was like, oh, okay, look at look at Willem Dafoe. Yeah. yeah, I think he does. He actually does a very specific type of yoga every day. Probably butt yoga. Yeah, it's not a type, but <laughs> I think it is. I mean, looking at it, I would say is probably like a form of butt yoga. Yeah, looking at that body. So it's fucking hard. I don't know it's where like I read this or heard this, but it was some kind of take on like if you want to have a really good-looking film, you should be able to pause it at any point, and that still should be something that you like would want to hang in your house or something like that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it should look artistic enough. Like every shot, you know, if you can pause it and you're like, dang, like that looks really good, then you've filmed a good-looking movie and this movie i think definitely nails that uh i I think you could hit pause and i'd be like ah like that's cool like that that looks like a photo you could put up somewhere like probably in some hipster coffee house or something like that (laughs) but uh but i i think that that's that's a cool little thing i think about that when i watch movies it's like "Eh, if i paused here like would it look that good Eh, maybe not but i mean obviously you can't have every scene be something you'd hang on a wall but i think that that's a if I were going to make a film, I would have that in the back of my mind. Like, does this still, like, look good? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's the, – the stills, like, especially in this film, are, are meant to convey a certain idea or a certain uh, mood. So all of it – all of it just looks so cinematic for that reason. Um, and the other painting that, the, that uh, inspired him was uh, – there's a, a Belgian symbolist uh, painter by the name of uh, Jean Delville um, – who made a uh, a painting called Prometheus, and it's literally a fo- uh, a painting of the myth 
of the Titan grabbing hold of what looks like a star and bringing it down to um, the people of Earth. And it's uh, it's it's a beautiful painting, but that's also where um, part of where he took inspiration for the myth for Prometheus. this. Yeah, because yeah, I know that's film. a lot in. All right, and with that, I think we're I think we're wrapping this one up. This is going to be a multi-part series because this is just a, a dense movie to go over, and we'll be here for five hours talking about it. So, uh, with that, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm your host Connor, and my co-host Jaden, <laughs> and our producer McKinnon. What's up? And then uh, former guest Calvin. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> listening.